Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us and sometimes we're ready for it and sometimes we're not. Change can make us happy, it can make us sad, and for the most part it does make us anxious. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiva, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. I'm a longtime entrepreneur and a consultant who fixes people and organizational problems, and Catherine uses her C-suite experience and entrepreneurial spirit to facilitate organizational strategy. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, I'm Catherine Greiba, and today our guest is Katrina German. Katrina is a leader in Canada in the tech industry. She was a partner in One Story, one of the top 15 startup companies in Canada. Her company was on the rise. Her clients were all over the world, and she had business ventures in Toronto and Ottawa. And then it changed. Within the period of 24 hours, her loans were called in, and her business was done. Katrina recalls waking up the next morning to feeling shame and failure. Her instinct was to not get out of bed and not talk to anyone. But Katrina has embraced her fail and considers her debt of $100,000 a student loan for the School of Life. Katrina says she wouldn't be where she is today without failure. She has built another successful business and talks to us about how she used her networks and her own personal resilience to get back on her feet. Katrina's is a story of the rise and fall and rise again of her businesses. Watch for an upcoming edition of Chatelaine Magazine, where she shares her story of failing up. Hi, Katrina. Good to have you on today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, Katrina. Katrina, you've had a successful business and you have a successful business but in between, you've had some tough knocks along the way. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, well, I've you know had a lot of different careers and and business paths. Um, but uh, you know, I was lucky to you know I, I'm a social impact entrepreneur. I like to work on things that make a change in the world. And so, for a period of time, for four years, I had a technology startup, and uh, we worked with people around the world to tell their stories of change. And so we worked with United Nations women to tell stories of men standing up for women's rights in Albania. Um, I worked with, you know, Salvation Army to talk about homelessness, uh, CBC to talk about murdered and missing women. It was a really, really incredible life experience. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that business went under after four years and it was, you know, quite a traumatic ending. It had a, you know, it was very difficult to go through, um, but it really did kind of set me up to understand business a little bit better, have networks that I'd never would have had before. And it was really an incredible um, life experience to go through that. And, you know, even though it was, it was technically a failure, you know, the business ended, it really did, you know, kind of set my life up and, and allow me to see things in a completely different way. You use the word failure. That's not a word that people often like to associate with themselves. Yeah, no, I, I'd prefer not to be known as the queen of failure. <laughs> but, 
moment, but it is, you know, it's one of those words that I do think we need to embrace, uh, particularly more in Canadian society than in a lot of other places. Like in San Francisco, there's a, there's a celebrity, there's an excitement, you know, so there's people who say, I won't invest in your company unless you failed, you know, at least three times kind of thing. Um, because they realize the lessons that you learn, you know, with something not working out. And for me, I really think that that failure piece, you know, yes, it's a harsh word, but it's something that I think everybody goes through things that don't work out. And I think if we start to embrace it and start to see it as a way that we learn and grow, and we just had a really cool experiment for a while, it didn't work out, but we tried, then I think that that's going to give everybody a better chance and make people feel more comfortable taking risks. So uh, this is, I mean, you can look back now, you can be introspective about it. Uh, I've been there, been close to bankruptcy. And I mean, that moment when you realize that things are not going to work out for the business. Can you tell us a little bit about that, that that moment of when that happened and how you felt about that? Absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of maybe talk about it in terms of that story. You know, we were, it was an exciting business to be a part of. I was traveling around the, you know, around the world, around North America, meeting with some of the brightest minds, you know, recording their stories, using our platform, you know, getting just developing these networks, like things were humming. We had government grants and we were kind of the, you know, the darlings of the technology scene, you know, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of media around what we were doing. And my, myself personally, I was very wrapped up in my work and I let it be the main priority of everything that I was doing. So I worked a lot too. And so all of a sudden, you know, towards the end uh, of the business, you know, we had a lot of things that were going sideways, you know, it was like we were never quite able to figure out a predictable model, you know, for revenue. We had ups and downs throughout the entire the part of the business. Um, you know, we were running, it had some partnership issues. There was just a lot of things that were happening towards that end. And there was, I remember kind of looking at it and there was a period of time. And to be honest, right up until the very end moment, I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought I could save it. <laughs> and I had that optimism and I was willing to put things in place so that that, you know, I just believed it was going to happen. So I went back, basically the, you know, there's a lot of things happening towards the last couple of months of those business, that business going under. So I started letting people know, and it was kind of contrary to what I wanted to do. I, you know, I didn't want to be talking to the people who had given us grants and tell them, Hey, things are on the rocks, you know, but I needed to keep people in the loop. And so our investors, people who'd given us money, my bankers, just everybody and say, listen, we're having problems here, but you know, I'm doing everything that I can to fix them. You know, I, I putting together new plans, everything. And, uh, you know, they, I think because of that, when everything was decided that it was to end, I had a lot of, uh, people who were still, um, maintain relationships. And so that was really, really powerful. Um, the moment though, for me is I had uh, put together a brand new plan to save the company, um, was basically, you know, I knew we were, uh, done for debt financing. I couldn't go to banks, you know, for any more, you know, any more loans or anything like that. And I didn't want to, we were already in very deep. Um, and I needed to build a new team and, but I, so I needed money to do that. So I went back to my original investors who'd been very supportive and we had a meeting and it was supposed to be only, you know, a two hour long, you know, sit down, here's the plan, you know, should we do this? Shouldn't we? Um, and it ended up being really long. Like it, you know, went to like the deep dark of the night. 
um, as, as we discuss the pros and cons and what, you know, what could be, what, you know, is all of that kind of stuff. And it was, it was difficult. It was a very intense with a lot of very good business minds sitting around that table with, with my investors and, and just talking about what should we do. And it was finally decided ultimately that we were going to shut the business down. And going into that meeting, I thought I'd prepared myself. I thought I was completely ready for whatever outcome it was going to be, whether it was going to be, here's your money. Let's, let's, let's rock this. Um, or, you know, let's shut it down and walk away. But to be honest, I wasn't prepared. I don't think anything can prepare you for that moment. You know, and I remember just driving away and I had to pull over because I was just crying so hard. And, you know, I just couldn't, it just hit me and I just couldn't even, you know, breathe. Like, you know, that moment of just understanding that this dream was over. And that was very, very difficult. And then I just remember the next couple of days after that, you know, you kind of send out all the news that, you know, things are going under and it just, it was a silence where it just, I just felt like there was moments when I was like, why get out of bed today? You know, there's nothing, you know, going from like 200 emails a day down to a bunch of, you know, spam emails and that's it. <laughs> it was, it was very, very difficult to go through and, you know, and it was scary so scary because there was a lot of repercussions of that business going under, um, you know, not just the personal and professional ones where, you know, again, you're, you have basically have to publicly declare that you're a failure, but, uh, you know, the, the second part of it was the financial. And in our case, we had, uh, you know, that debt financing, we had a lot of loans that we had guaranteed and I needed to sort that out. And it was, it was a mess. It was gross. It was yucky. And it took three years to come back financially, you know, from that, uh, from that situation. I was $100,000 in debt after all was said and done. And certainly, you know, not, I've never been in that position before in my life and had to climb out of that, you know, in order to start building new businesses. So it was really, um, you know, it was a difficult lesson to learn, uh, but it was incredibly, it's one I will never forget. <laughs> So what, what kept you going through all of that, Katrina? Like what, what um, values or beliefs were you able to anchor yourself on? Because failure is not a word that any of us ever really want to use, you know, in, in terms of our business. What, what kept you going? What were the values that kept you going? You know, I think in a lot of ways, um, I wanted to protect, you know, my remaining, I had a great business relationship with a lot of people. And so I wanted to protect that. So I still wanted to act with integrity, you know, still respond to people's emails when they did come in, you know, things like that. Um, I had a really great uh, family structure and my, my partner, my fellow, he's amazing. Um, so that was really, really important, you know, where you realized all of a sudden, no, the business isn't everything. I've got an entire structure here of people who have my back no matter what. So that, you know, that was really huge. Um, you know, and ultimately I think, you know, the word resilience, you know, you just have to, I knew like being an entrepreneur is just part of me. I love it. I love the risk of it. I love the challenge of it. You know, I, I just think it's, it's such an intense thing to go through. Um, but I, I really, really enjoy that challenge. And I knew I wanted to get back to entrepreneurship again. And so I, you know, kind of shortly after we made the decision, uh, I bought the URL failingup.ca because 
I always knew I wanted to write the book failing up, uh, you know, just kind of waiting for that up, you know, that big magical story at the end, you know, it's still, still on the pathway, but it's, you know, it's just one of those things where I knew things would be better. I just had to make it through the tough time day by day and working towards the goal of making things better. Yes, because I can imagine the ego takes quite a beating on when when you when something like that happens. Yeah, c- completely. Like you know, it was interesting because even being a technology entrepreneur a few years ago is even was even more difficult than it is now. Like it's a tough job. You know, people are like, "Hey, you have an app, have an idea, you have a million dollars." You know, they kind of have a perception that it's an easy path to walk, but it's very difficult. And uh, you know, you're trying to basically, in a lot of cases, introduce a brand new idea to people, and so it's just hard. It's hard work to do to to get you know to get people to to buy your product and that sort of thing. I mean, you are one of the top startup companies in Canada, and you would have known a lot of people. A lot of people would have known your success. You must have been worried about what people were thinking about you, and you've talked before about that feeling of shame. Absolutely, and that is something that that was definitely probably the hardest part of all of this. Like, for sure, there was that fear around finances, you know, and the what next kind of feeling. But shame, like, I, I didn't make it happen. I thought I could. I had completely dedicated myself to this idea of making it happen and I couldn't. And I was just, I felt absolute shame at, at that, at that going under. And I, I felt humiliated until I started talking to other members from the business community and people who were outside of my circles and, you know, to their credit, a lot of them pulled me aside and just said, hey, Katrina, this is your first badge of honor. Like, don't worry about it. You know, my first company, when it went under, I was, you know, a million dollars in debt, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and you've just earned your first badge sort of, you know, kind of feeling. And that really helped with that shame. Um, but man, that can be the hardest feeling to go through of I failed. I am not enough. I set your expectations at something and it didn't happen. And it was really hard to untangle my, the way that I had built my own identity, even for myself around that company and to have that fail, you know, it was just, it was just, it was everything. It wasn't just the business. It was also me declaring to the world that I had failed. And yes, I felt absolute shame so how long did it take you to to refocus your thinking because you're an optimist I know you are but how long did it take for you to really refocus and start thinking again about maybe rebuilding well, I think, you know, the first step was, you know, I was, I was in financial crisis uh, at this point. And so I needed to figure those steps out to, to get this, you know, debt from the company paid off. And I hadn't paid myself in a while at the end, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I was lucky enough to find a, a position with a provincial organization. Um, and it was, a, it was a, you know, a well-paying job that I really enjoyed. Um, and so I was able to just sort of catch my breath you know, for a year and just, just figure out what my next steps were going to be. And, you know, I think probably I needed that year of just sort of stepping back, but I'll say, you know, I was working with through that position, that job, I was working with other technology startups and, you know, I'm trying to help them get off and, you know, get, you know, get to commercialization. And, 
you know, just having this feeling inside of myself of like, who am I to be giving this advice and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it takes a while to rebuild yourself. But honestly, every experience, every single thing that you go through afterwards starts that rebuilding process. So I always kind of like, you know, to talk about when people are kind of facing that failure, whether it's the end of a business or an end of a job that they weren't expecting to end, you know, having that yucky, yucky failure <laughs> where you're, it's, it's difficult for you as a person to go through. Um, I always try to tell them like, you know, there's going to be that bottom part, you know, that part where you really do hit bottom and it, it sucks, you know, like there's just no way around it. But ultimately putting together a plan, you know, for my, my, in my case, it was a financial plan and sort of a restructuring plan for what my life looked like. That's going to get you out and things are just going to get better and better and better if you keep working towards, you know, a very good goal of getting out of that crisis, you know, rather than kind of dwelling in it. So you talked about resiliency. Do you think you get better at being resilient the more you work at it and the more you might experience some of these failures? Certainly. I recommend that everybody should fail often. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a force skill that you have to learn is that resiliency because you know life is filled with all sorts of things that don't work out. You know, some of them are just not as profound as, you know losing a business and, and having to restart and, you know, fix things financially. Um, but I definitely think having that resilience is just, it's massive. And you just, honestly, it's practice. <laughs> and sometimes too, like, you know, like, you know, sometimes you need help too. Like I, you know, I was lucky again, cause I've had a lot of people like friends and family around. Um, and so I never felt alone. I had a lot of people I could talk to, but I highly recommend, you know, for other people too, like that going to counseling and things like that, just having that space in which to talk about these things and go through it because it is a learning experience. And so you want to actually, you know, feel it. Don't just ignore it. Don't drink it away or something, you know, actually go through it and try to go through, you know, kind of proper processes for whatever works for you for your healing to get through it. So I do recommend if you need a little bit of extra help to do that. It also sounds like you used your networks to help you rebuild Absolutely. You know, networks, you know, before you often kind of think networks is, you know, people who are all, you're all working together, you know, you're helping their business, they're helping your business, all that kind of stuff. But you don't realize also, you know, I guess you just don't think about it until you need it, that these people, you know, your, your business acquaintances and your networks are people too, who have been through life experiences and have been through failure. And it was surprising to me how many people when I said, oh, no, that business went under again, they said, oh, minded to, or, hey, I lost a job that I wasn't expecting. And it was a really terrible ending. And so, you know, that network of not only just, you know, people kind of raising you up, you know, giving you a job, you know, you know, keep inviting you to networking events, all that kind of stuff, like that's sort of the formal part of your networks. But the informal part was the, the stories and the people sharing and, you know, having that empathy and understanding that everybody's going through stuff at different times. And, it really makes you feel less alone once you start talking to people. But did, do you find Katrina that people are a little hesitant to talk about these things? I, I don't know if people are eager to talk about their failures. And yet, as you say, it's a badge. It, it's a badge. <laughs> it's a badge yeah. of honor. And, but I, I'm, my sense is that people don't, don't really want to talk about it. Is that 
is that something that people should talk about more, do you think, as they go through this change? I think, yeah, absolutely. I think it is something to talk about. Like there's parts of, you know, going through failure, you know, I would say, you know, try to try to heal a little bit before you talk about it because, you know, it, it's, I don't think in, in any case it's hard, you know, for an acquaintance, you know, or somebody you don't know that well, you know, to have a very raw <laughs> disclosure, you know, and so, you know, wait till you're at the point where you're not crying when you're talking about it, I guess, you know, in, in a public space. But even for me, like this happened three years ago, and I'm just starting to talk about it publicly. Um, because again, shame, you know, and I'm getting past that now. Um, I'm also in the position where, you know, the debt is paid off, and you know, and, and I'm just stronger for it. And I also believe with kind of what's going on in the world right now, there's a lot of businesses that are dealing with this right now and a lot of business owners. And so I want to be sharing this story right now because I do think, you know, hopefully it can help some people through what they're going through, through no fault of their own. Um, so, you know, so I think, but, you know, it took a long time to talk about it and to heal to the point where I can talk about it kind of logically and not being angry or, you know, being sad, you know, just being able to talk about it in hindsight. So the answer to your question is, is yes, I think you, you know, having those conversations and those one-on-ones, you know, with people that are, you know, appropriate one-on-ones, you know, people do like talking about their failures, you know, not in a public way. But when you kind of get into the point where you need to talk about it a bit more loudly, like say, hey, our business is going under on Facebook, you know, like those are the types of things that are hard. You have to make those announcements and you might not be ready to really have the conversations about it, you know, or, you know, whatever, whatever your failure is, if you have to let people know. Um, but I do think having as many conversations as possible to have that empathy, to have that connection with others is, is important. And I do think that those who have failed before sharing their stories can make others feel less alone. Katrina, do you have any key insights you'd like to share with us about change? Yeah, I think, you know, well, ultimately change is always happening, right? And so uh, sometimes that's going to be change and the result is going to be good. And sometimes that change is going to happen and the result is not going to feel that good. But I always kind of just think about it like almost like chapters of life, right? Some are short, some are long, but they're always changing. And so, um, you know, trying to focus on on the things that are right about the new change are good, you know, and having a lot of changes is also a benefit because it shows you the things you want out of life and things you don't want. And, you know, even this change, I love that company. I love what we were doing. We were actually changing the world. We were having an impact on people's mindsets. Um, but, you know, I, I was traveling a lot. I was away from my kids a lot. You know, there was a lot of, you know, parts of that that weren't working for my life. And, you know, now I'm in a position where as I rebuild, things changed, but I was able to rebuild them in a way that fit my life a little bit better. So here you are, it's uh, three years later, and you are rising like a phoenix out of the ashes, right? <laughs> and and you're, you are uh, seen as a leader for women in the technology space, and you are um, on television, you've written a book, uh, and you have a very successful business. So in three years, you've been very busy. I would say you've recovered quite well. <laughs> well, and again, some of these things are, are just projects to get your mind off of it, right? <laughs> and, you know, and, and even the book was just something new, right? And it was something where I was like, hey, I know some information, I'm going to share it. So I think 
if you're a person, as an entrepreneur, I think most people are entrepreneurs have a growth mindset. They have this belief that they can change, they can grow things, they can grow themselves. And I think that that is something that is, is very valuable, you know, when you're going through change or failure or even building a new business is just having that belief that things will be better, you know, down the road. Um, you know, in my case, too, you've been talking about like, you know, the successful business, you know, when COVID hit, I had to lay off some of my staff and I had, you know, I dealt with a lot of that feeling of shame and fear and all that kind of stuff again. And like, why, why can't I win? Like, is my business going under again? You know, that, that kind of scariness. Now we were able to stabilize and, and, you know, and we're kind of looking at growth again here in the next little while, but it took a while to get that mindset into that shift of it and to be like, okay, this is the new normal let's let's see what we can do with business here so ultimately you know coming back to it i really do think having that you know understanding of change and that growth mindset is going to be something that is going to help anybody through any situation especially what we're what the world is dealing with right now so katrina you've got many many you're very active on social media so where where can people find you like where you've got a lot of places that people can go right Um, Well, I'm at Katrina Vision on a lot of different uh, platforms like Twitter and Instagram. Uh, If you just want to find me in general uh, for speaking or any of that kind of stuff for my book, you can find it at katrinagerman.com. I also, my book is available for uh, download at this point. It's for $4.95 for uh, ebook. And so that can be found at actiontracking.ca. And uh, that's really about how do you um, take your social media messages and make them put them put them to work for you and hopefully have them convert into sales rather than just brand building. Um, so we've been having a lot of success with people, you know, using that technique. Um, so that's actiontracking.ca. And then um, we just actually are launching our new company brand, which is Social Dynamics Digital. So we've got the .com for that. So, so uh, that'll be coming out in the next little while, but it is available if people want to go sneak peek a look on the website. Exciting. And I suspect there's probably another book sort of ruminating in there too, right? Oh, I think, you know, I think some, at some point we'll get that failing up written yeah. down. <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you so much Katrina I I think your story is very inspirational and I'm yeah I'm so happy that you're you're feeling that you can go out there and share that with people now that story because I think it's very meaningful to a lot of entrepreneurs who they know there's risk but they don't really know there is risk until it's actually happening so I'm I'm grateful that you're doing that well thank you very much thanks Katrina If you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom audio. Producers Peggy Koenig and Catherine Greiba. Executive producer Koenig Leadership Advisory. Audio editing and production Big Bang Studios. Sound engineer Hal Schrank. Theme music La Pompeii written by Chris Harrington. Music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.